and I do love your seamless edits. Welcome back to Movies and uh, Movies for Win, everyone. I'm Denny, your host, and my co-host Greg is here. Greg, tell everybody a few words about how you've been doing this week. <laughs> what? Hey, hey, Denny. Hey, Denny. Uh-huh. Uh, Greg is gone. What are you talking about? Greg, Greg's right here. He's always here. We always record the podcast together every week. We just sit down and Greg tells me about all of the like dramas he's been watching. It's uh -huh. great. He's right here. Yeah. I know it's hard to remember, but we need to embrace the fact that Greg is gone. He's left us. Greg's not gone. Yeah. Greg has left us. Greg's, Greg's, Greg's not gone. He's left us. Greg's not gone. the warm, sunny shores of Puerto Rico. Greg's not gone. Greg's not gone. Greg's gone. Greg's gone. Greg's gone, baby. Greg's gone. Greg's gone. Greg's gone. Greg! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Movies for Win, everyone. I'm Denny Taylor, and this is... Vanessa Taylor. Hey. Producer and savior of the show, Vanessa Taylor. We are interrupting our series, When You Have a Craving for Korean Cinema, because Greg is out of town this week, and let's be honest, his appetite for Korean cinema may be the strongest of any white man I've ever met. <laughs> we can't do it without him. Um, so it would Vanessa... be disrespectful. <laughs> Vanessa... It would be disrespectful. Exactly. It'd be disrespectful to Greg to watch Korean movies without him. Yeah. Right. We would never do that. We would not. Um, Who cares about Korea? Just Jesus. <laughs> Edit that out. No. You think Greg's here? You think there's going to be editing? Oh, God. There's not editing when Greg takes a week off. I'm sorry, Korea. I didn't mean it. She didn't mean it. She's just joking, Korea. Yeah. South Korea specifically. I don't really give... See, they are actually going to take more offense to that. You don't want to piss off North Korea. <laughs> South Korea is reasonable, Vanessa. North Korea? They can't ever get podcasts, so it's fine. I guess if Seth Rogen and James Franco didn't get killed, we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. We'll make it. Um, we're, we're doing <laughs> a break in the theme this week after a long break in the theme due to hiatus. Well, Movies for Win is having an off year. We've talked about it. It's been discussed. It's been admitted. We're having an off year. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Everyone has an off year sometimes. And what's a comeback without a slump? Um, but we're here to do something way better than that because Vanessa's here and she makes our show better and uh -huh. she's the best part of the show. We're doing Movies for Win. Greg is gone because Greg's not here right now. He's gone. And we will be covering a movie that Vanessa and I watched not intending to do a podcast over it so we don't have notes and we don't have gimmicks. We're going to do it though. A Knight's Tale. Woo! But before we get into A Knight's Tale, Vanessa, what have we been watching lately? Well, we have been watching a lot of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah. We've been watching a lot of It's Always Sunny, um, and I'm a newcomer to it, and uh, I don't really need to go backwards, because I feel like I've seen a lot of it so far, just by osmosis, because you've been watching it a mm -hmm. ton, and then I finally sat down, I gave in, I didn't think that I would like it, because they're all very shouty, and they are still very shouty, but I'm starting to like it now, um, but yeah, before it was just a lot of noise. And now I enjoy the noise and I understand. See, like there was a couple months ago that I was watching it and you were like, so what do you like about this show? Yeah. What's the appeal? And I was like, I don't know. It's like really, really funny. And you were like, but they're like always yelling and it's like dark and they're, they're so all shouty. And I was like, yeah, that's all true. And. You know, it's, like, really funny, man. Like, yeah. You know, like that's I don't know. I, I, I get it now. I get it. I, I could not tell someone when was the moment that you realized it just happened. It just happened, you know? I'm susceptible. What can you say? Um, what else have you been watching, babe? Well, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not the only Danny DeVito content I've been watching. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we did Twins last week, and... Uh, this week, Vanessa and I both watched Junior, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was terrible. It wasn't awful. It, it was awful. What are you talking about? It wasn't awful. It was bad. It was terrible. It was a bad movie. It was, the tone was all over the place. It was misogynistic as fuck. Like... They just kept being like, ugh, women and their fucking hormones as they're creating life. God. 
you can't beat them, so why not join them in drag? It didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. I'm just saying there are many worse movies than Junior. Sure. But this one was still bad. No, it's a bad movie. It's a bad, bad movie. Yeah. But it's not, like, horrendously terrible. I thought it was pretty terrible. Okay. Would I say okay. it's offensively horrendous? No. I would save that for other movies, like Paddington 2. Um, just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just... We love Paddington 2. Everyone knows that. It's been established. Vanessa's working heel today. I know. Sorry. First South Korea, then I Paddington 2? No, North Korea. Is anyone Korea. safe? North Korea. Oh, sorry. North yeah. Korea. <laughs> well... Yeah, I'm just feeling contentious. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, Junior is um, a movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. They're both scientists. Yes, and they uh, are researching drugs to help with pregnancy and conception, and mm -hmm. their research isn't getting funded. And they decide that they should inject a fertilized egg into Arnold Schwarzenegger's abdomen, mm -hmm. and Arnold Schwarzenegger carries and delivers a baby. Yep. He just keep keeps doing it, and he gets very pregnant. Again, the physics of this would not work out, because where they put the baby is literally just in his, like, abdominal cavity. Yeah. And so, him getting pregnant, like, and looking pregnant and having symptoms of pregnancy, this would be, like, a legitimate, you know? I know we make, like, there's, like, jokes and allusions to the idea of, like, uh, the, what are those things called from Alien? Uh, uh, face huggers face huggers yeah how they like bust out of your chest cavity and then you die yeah that that's literally what would have happened in this universe if they'd stayed with their science yeah is that arnold schwarzenegger would have had a basically a chest hugger baby a face hugger baby or a chest hugger baby you know that's probably where they can reach because they're quite small but you know just bust out of his abdomen that's that's what would have happened it wouldn't have been the miracle of life it would have been horrific yeah and i like the whole movie i was like but what does the umbilical cord connect to nothing yeah, like the whole movie i was like nothing how is that baby getting nutrients is they're, no one gonna address not, this no they're not because they don't care about science even though our main two characters are scientists yeah i guess and also like the tone of arnold schwarzenegger's character like significantly changes from like this grumpy curmudgeon who's like oh no my research got defunded now i have to go back to vague europe that's who was like i have to He's go back, to, back europe to europe to restart paris for even yeah He's like, to paris yeah but then he's also from like they keep in real life that he's from austria or they yeah. keep in like the universe it, yeah. that he's from austria but then they're just like he's gonna go back to europe to figure out life starting well, austria in, paris. Is in europe i know but why wouldn't he just be like, I'm going home to restart. I'm going to Europe to restart. Well, like, if you could go to Paris instead of Austria, where would you go? Well, I mean, if my home was in Austria, then I probably would go there. I'd go to Paris. Why? Because it's better than Austria. You don't know that. I don't, but I assume it. Okay. And that's well, my right as an American. It is. To assume things about other countries I've never been to. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... That's what being an American that means. That sure is true, isn't it, Denny? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Junior sucked. Didn't like it. Do you want to say more about it? Um, I feel like people need to know how fucking weird it is. Like, the tone shifts. Movie. There was, like, it, it felt like an SNL bit of, like, a 90s movie, but it was just a 90s movie being, like, earnest, but also not earnest at the same time. Like, it was so, it wanted you to believe it. And yet it gave you something so, or gave me, I can only speak for myself, but it gave me something so unearnest to believe in yeah i i think that's the issue you know like i i didn't i didn't expect the science to check out so that didn't bother me yeah you know like yeah. i was like of course the science doesn't fucking yeah check of out course not movie. you know like um what bothered me was that they asked me to take something seriously that was impossible to take seriously which was Arnold Schwarzenegger pregnant in drag. Well, they like, <laughs> they make it like it's a joke for the first half of the movie. Yeah. For the first half of like the first half of this movie, everything is a joke and they're like making stereotypes and stuff and just like having gags here and there. It's just like a series of bits that like kind of follows a plot line. And then it just goes completely off of like left field. Like it, it goes off the rails they start really, like, 
Arnold Schwarzenegger is, like, fucking knitting baby blankets with other women at this, like, women's home, like, lost mothers or something home Mm -hmm. or something like that, that, like, their husbands have just put them there and they're all pregnant. It's, like, a pregnant home. Um... And then it, and then it just keeps happening. And then the other, like the girl doctor Emma Thompson's in this too, which like, damn, she really, she really sunk to to do this film. I think she was she was above the material. She was clearly, no, no question about clearly it. Clearly above the material. I was material. like, why is she in this movie? Yeah, what, what is she doing? She was out acting everyone. She in was, it. Like, and she was so she was like, great. she's the only one that I actually believed in this like yeah. crazy whacked out universe that this would make sense. She was selling it. Yeah. But it still was stupid. It was, like, so dumb. Even, like, her parts were dumb, and she was acting it well. Yeah. But it was a dumb premise. No, I, I get it. I, I'd agree 100%. Like, I think if they played it as a straight comedy, it still wouldn't have been a very good movie. No. But it would have been better than what it is. You know, Yeah. Like, and have, um, I, have I talked about the misogyny in this film? I don't think that I started on it. If I have, then it bears talking about again. Go for it. Because they just constantly kept being like, women and their pregnant hormones. It was rough. Women it was get pregnant. You know how women are when they're pregnant and birthing a child. Yeah. And it was just like, they were making fun of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but also dicking on women at the same time. They well, were like... Yeah, that was the humor, is that Arnold was acting like a, a, a regressive male's stereotype of a woman. Yeah, but like... And it like, was bad that he was female. You yes. know, like, that he was displaying feminine characteristics. Yeah, yeah, it was... Yes, they were playing up every old, tired stereotype, but, like, not to commentate on it. Because it was what they were like, yeah, no, we all know that women just be crazy. So, like, Arnold, sorry about your smarts. You used to be a scientist. Now you're just a dumb pregnant woman. Yeah. Like, ugh. It made me angry. Like, I, like, could not wait for this film to be finished. And I feel angry talking about it again. All right. Like, I, I legitimately was, like, playing on my phone. And I do that sometimes in movies. But, like, usually I'm paying more attention and I just kept being like, is it still not over? Like, are we still watching this? Foggy, dreamy, scape, 90s bullshit. <laughs> I Take think... that and put it in your pipe and smoke it. Vanessa, not a fan of <laughs> North Korea or the movie Junior. What was the mm-hmm. other thing you roasted recently? Uh, misogyny. I don't know. Yeah. Misogyny, North Korea, and the movie Junior. Yeah. Her unholy trinity. There's also a lot of other things that I don't like either. I yeah. just can't think of them right now. But th- those are the main three for today. I mean, my thing is, like, I'm a very unironic Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. Yeah. Like, he's great. He's one of my favorite actors, and that's not a joke. But the key to Arnold is knowing how to use him. Yeah. You have to play to his strengths and you have to hide his weaknesses. Yes. And if you put him in a big budget sci-fi action movie, that's all you got to do, baby. He's golden. He's, yeah. He's like one of the best ever at doing that. He's Gucci. He's got it. Um, he was, but then for some reason in the late 80s and the early to mid 90s, there was this like fascination with humanizing him and casting him in these like everyman type roles you know like and he's like the opposite of an everyman you can't put enough layers on him to make him look like a regular dude even in this movie i was constantly distracted by how big his hands were (laughs) like they're massive hgh hands Mm -hmm. and i just like his humor wasn't landing he was very uncharismatic Um, yeah he was boring i i don't think arnold felt comfortable in the role how could anyone feel comfortable right, in like, that role? Yeah. Like, like the premise of it, like, I, I feel like they sold Arnold on a comedy, uh-huh. and then he showed up to filming and was like, oh, fuck. Right. You're trying to make a real movie now? Like, or, like, a legit, serious movie? Yeah. What are we doing? Well, but I mean, like, you know, compare it to the performance of Danny DeVito, who, first of all, carried the movie. Like, yes. he was talking through that whole movie. Oh, Yeah. And he was cast against type, not being like a shyster type scumball, Uh you know, like Uh also like Arnold cast against type. Mm -hmm. Uh, Danny DeVito was a heartwarming, inspirational figure in this movie. Um, He was supposed to be. Yeah. He was supposed to be. Um, And 
he seemed very natural and very engaging and just yeah. seemed like again comfortable with the role and yeah. arnold everything just felt stilted and it just mm-hmm. ran from his strengths and it also was far too long like they could have cut out it was like an hour 45 i think they could have cut out 30 minutes and it would have been better i think they could have cut out the entire movie. the whole movie <laughs> Just leave it on the cutting room floor. I don't know. I, I, I don't like watching that movie, but I like that it exists. I like that there's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Emma Thompson movie where Arnold is a pregnant man. Like I Sure. I like that that's out there in the universe. I just don't need to see it anymore. Yeah. It's not as fun as it sounds. It's essentially it sounds what like I'm it saying. would be really fun. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's what it was, is that like, it sounded like it should be really fun, and then it just was not. Mm-hmm. And that's what's more disappointing than anything. Like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do love, like, there's just something special, and we talk about it all the time, and I know you and Greg talk about it on the podcast a lot, of, like, just how, how shit got made. Like, original stuff like this, like, got greenlit. You know, like, no one today would be like, alright, no. we're gonna cast The Rock, and... I don't know, some Paul Giamatti in a movie together, and The Rock is gonna be pregnant, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be great. Well, I wonder, like, because Rock, now I never thought about this before, but The Rock essentially had the reverse of Arnold's career, where he did a bunch of movies like The Tooth Fairy, you know, yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. he did a bunch of movies like that, and then he was the biggest action star in the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and so, where was I going with this? <laughs> Other than just noticing the reverse. Um, it's just interesting that that was one of the first things they tried to do with the rock and one of the last things they tried to do with Arnold mm. and it didn't work with Arnold. So why did they think it would work with the rock? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, and- I mean with the rock, it kind of did. It got him to where he is now. So like, I don't know. Don't break what's not broken, I guess. But I mean like, I wouldn't say that like movies like the tooth fairy and like the witch mountain movie, Oh, yeah, yeah. Those didn't catapult him into the Fast and the Furious franchise. No. You know, no. like... Um, yeah. But it, like, got him out there, you know? That what sure. got him into the Fast and Furious is obviously Scorpion King, so... Sure. But I feel like it's more, like, movies like The Rundown and Walking Tall that yeah. laid the foundation, yes. you know, like, for, for yeah, what yeah. he ended up doing. Um, for sure, for sure. How did The Rock happen, now that I think about it? I think just, like, his eyebrow. Like, he just walked into, like... Hollywood Studios, any of them, I don't care where, you know, he probably just went to, like, Orlando Studios, or not Orlando, but, like, Hollywood Studios in Florida, or California, and was just like, put me in a movie, and raise his eyebrow, and they were just like, sure, let's go. Well, but that's the thing, is it wasn't instant success like that. No, I know, I know. Like, wrestling fans, like, considered The Rock's Hollywood run, like, an embarrassment for a while. Yeah. Like, they were like, oh my god, he just needs to come back to wrestling instead of making the Tooth Fairy. You know, like, can you believe he's doing this shit? And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's just, he's just the balls. You know, like, he's the man. Um, Should do a whole episode on, like, the rise of The Rock. Yeah. Like, tracing his, like, like, do, like, the Tooth Fairy or, like, one of his early stuff, like early mid now you know that sounds fun as shit yeah like should do that let's talk about his rise and hopefully never fall greg when you're listening to this uh make a note that we should do uh movies for when the rock's career is blooming and just do a series of three the rock movies yeah the rock rising Mm, movies for when the rock's rising and then we accidentally watch uh porno Movies for when gets rock hard with <laughs> Dwayne the Cock Johnson. That's a deadlock pro wrestling joke. They refer to him as Dick the Cock Johnson. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not original content. Oh, that's okay. Well, um, what else have we been watching? I've been watching, I watched all of um, the Queen Charlotte mm-hmm. Bridgerton show. Got um, some, some thoughts? It is in the series of Bridgerton. So not captivating. Uh, no, it was. I liked it. It's not for everybody. It's kind of dumb. But I also, like, it had some themes about mental health and things like that. About, like, commitment and supporting your partner and things like that. And, you know, I thought it was kind of apropos for a little bit of us. But obviously not exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah. It made me think about some things just relationship-wise and stuff like that. 
How does it compare to, because I, I know that Bridgerton's a show you really love. How does it compare to other seasons of Bridgerton? Um, I don't know that I would say it's a show that I really love. I enjoy watching it, but do I think that it is good? No. Um, so just want to put that out there. The Sorry, for bit. the record, I know nothing about Bridgerton other than Vanessa watches it and you can't say the title without mumbling. <laughs> so that that's all I know about Bridgerton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I would say, like, compared to the other seasons... It is a prequel, really. Like, it, it gives the backstory of, like, in, in the first season, we meet the queen as, like, the queen of England. And um, the something that they're doing in the British show is it is in a different... It's in, like, a different universe where um, there's a lot more, uh, like, um, integration of different, like, communities and things like that. So, like uh like historically inaccurate to the effect that like they try to make they they give backstory as to why the like community and society is more integrated when it historically was not integrated like racially so queen charlotte is a, a biracial woman who plays her um and so it gets into like uh you know why why people of color were like are allowed to be aristocracy in this world um and kind of as like a parallel universe to ours so it gives some historical context ish i mean obviously it's fiction and stuff um so this is the backstory of like how she came to be queen um so that's that's basically like it's it's like an in between the two seasons and also a precursor like a prequel to it like mm-hmm. it, it is a split time kind of thing and it's I would kind of say, a like, Lion because King it's more. Lion King 1.5 situation. Yeah, 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 Lion King 1. Honestly, that's a really good, like, because it does. <laughs> yeah. It's like the pre, like, before the Lion King happens. And also. A prequel kind of to the sequel, but not the original. No, still a prequel to the original. Okay. But it's also, like, it's split. It's in the past and the present. And okay. in the present time, it's in between seasons two and three, which three has not come out yet. So it's, like, concurrent there, but we're learning the backstory of the Queen at the same time. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um,. So how it compares, I would say it's more like a character study of like, uh, I don't know, that's that's really high-minded to say that. <laughs> it is not a character study, I didn't really mean, but like in that it focuses really on like one, on like more like the Queen's relationship and like the political stuff mm-hmm. more than like the other seasons of Bridgerton are just like, I love him, let's get married, okay right. cool, or like there's conflict, but you know, that kind of thing. It also is like an original story. Because the others are based off of books, even though they go wildly off the, like, source material. Um, there's really nothing of it. Like, the Queen is barely mentioned at all in, like, the books. So this is all kind of just based off the show. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So it's cool. fan fiction of the show that they made into another show. Hmm. And that's how we got Twilight, so why not follow the formula? Yeah. Everybody wants to be the next Twilight. Who wouldn't? They sure did try. Yeah. Well, I haven't really been watching anything else, you know. Uh, my Most of my watch time has gone to Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch wrestling like I always do, but I don't usually talk about that on the podcast. Um, yeah. we, we play a lot of Mario games together. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been like doing that's a, a lot, lot more. Of our time, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chimp Empire. Uh, Chimp Empire. Chimp Empire. Chimp Empire, yeah. We are still on, I think, just season or episode two, so yeah. we're making our way through Chimp Empire. Netflix documentary. Netflix documentary, uh, and we would recommend it. It's we, really fun. We it's, love the monkeys. We love the monkeys. Well, That's really, they're not. Chim- they're that not was monkeys. for Joseph. It's okay. gonna piss them off. Great. Yeah, we love the primates for everyone else. Apes. Um, we know. We went. We had a whole scandal. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, it's a uh, we we're enjoying it. You should watch it. Cool. <laughs> Watch the chimp movie. When, when are we going to do a sequel to movies for when you want to see a monkey? Asterisk. I don't know. We're, we're dusting off some old themes with the new format. Yeah. I, that's the dumbest episode we ever did, so I don't know if we should revisit it. Well, I feel like you should do an episode that is actually monkeys, not apes. <laughs> so monkey business. That's what I'm pitching. Yeah, the movie yeah, yeah. Monkey business. Do monkey you remember business, that? Monkey business. I vaguely... It's a little kid with long hair that I thought was a girl when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure it's a boy yeah. kid. I don't know. <laughs> He's got a monkey. Yes. <laughs> That's all I yes. really remember. Um, and then there's the show uh, Jungle Book. There's monkeys in that. Nah, I don't want to watch Jungle Book. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so we're going to get into our next segment, which is the main segment, which is... 
A Knight's Tale, the 2001 Heath Ledger uh, anachronistic classic. Are we going to mm -hmm. call it a classic? We'll call it a classic. Um, I am going to do Greg's gimmick because Greg is not here. This is the Critiker Review of the Week. One line. We keep it limited. This is from Paxton, who put this in Tier 3. Um, <laughs> on sheer adrenaline alone, it gets a passing grade. But joust barely. No, Paxton. <laughs> you, you little rascal, Paxton. That's, I like that. I do too. Yeah. Um, A Knight's Tale is on Netflix. I believe that's the only place it's currently streaming. Um, a synopsis of the movie, before we get into our relationship with the film, is that Heath Ledger is a knight's squire. And William. William? Mm -hmm. Is that the character's name, William? Yeah, William. Okay, William. Um, he has a scheme to replace his dead knight who shat himself to death under mm -hmm. the armor um, and just tell everyone he's a noble and he makes up this whole character and he goes mm -hmm. around winning jousting tournaments. Sir um, Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Um, and they meet Chaucer along the way and Chaucer becomes his ring entrance guy. Yeah. Um, I wanted, ring announcer. <laughs> he made me want a crier. I want to cry. Right? Well, cry for me as I as I make my entrance. Yeah, yeah. I I want someone to announce me in all of my yeah. deeds. Hypes him up when I come. Yeah, he's like the OG hype guy. Yeah. Um, Alan Tudyk is there, which is always nice. Um, uh, what? Basically, he falls in love with Jasmine. Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, "All right, to prove your love to me, you have to lose this whole tournament." And then he's like, "Because everyone is telling her that they'll win the tournament for her." And yeah. so she asks Heath Ledger to lose it. Yeah. Um, and then when he's about to lose, she then tells him he has to win it, and he wins her love. But then there's this douchebag knight that's going to ruin everything for them, but then they just kick his ass and unseat him from his horse. Yeah. And we ride off into the sunset. Fairly uh, fairly simple fantasy. Did yeah. I miss anything important? Well, I mean, they find out that Will is um, not a noble, and he gets put in the stocks, and he had done a solid to the crown prince in uh, an earlier tournament in the film and so the crown prince uh does some princey things and says that he got his like historians to find an ancient bloodline that sounds like bullshit because he can make anyone noble that he wants to so he makes will a nobleman and he gets to joust with his dad who is a blind thatcher in the ring or not the ring uh at the stadium the joust stands mm -hmm. and he gets to see him joust and uh unseat rufus to will yeah, that was pretty cool. Count Adamar. So, Vanessa, what's your relationship with A Knight's Tale? Um, I I think this was a movie that we... Yeah, no, we owned this movie. Um, It came out in 01, so that was right before we moved to... Well, actually, I want to find out when did it come out in 01. Um, I guess I don't know if I can find that out. Do we know? How do we know? When in 01? Yeah, when in 01. Oh, I don't know. Um, I would just Google it. What date did A Knight's Tale release? May 11, 2001. Okay. So, nice. it was probably one of the last movies that, like, we saw in... I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or not. I might have, honestly. Um, we moved to Thailand in 01 in September. Or no, October. Um, but uh, this was one of the, like, last movies that I probably saw in the States before moving overseas. And... I think that we had the DVD of it while we were there. So, like, it was one that we would watch, not, like, all the time, but it was on... It Like, I have fond memories of, like, watching this enough times that I, like, know this film quite well. Mm -hmm. So, Damn. yeah, just, like, a, a fun movie that all of us could watch as a family. Like, you know, that's a little bit of action. It felt a little bit naughty that I got to watch it as, like, a 10-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, PG-13. Yeah. I remember yeah. it was right on that cusp of uh -huh. when... I really, really wanted to see PG-13 movies, but I wasn't always allowed to. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. that's, that's around when this was coming uh -huh. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a very opposite relationship with the movie. Um, I remember when I was in sixth grade in 2001, I'd either seen part of it or I hadn't seen it at all. But I wanted everyone to think I'd seen it <laughs> because everyone was talking about how cool it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted everyone to think I'd seen A Knight's Tale. Sure. Um, and I don't I don't think I watched it. I think I watched, like, part of it. I think we, like, rented it from Blockbuster and I fell asleep. So mm -hmm. I was just trying to, like, count it and fit in. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, um, but 
I don't think I watched it till high school, and I honestly barely remembered it. I like all I remembered was that the soundtrack's anachronistic, and they meet Jeffrey Chaucer. That's yeah. all. That's all I really knew about it going into it, even though I'd seen it before. Yeah. Well, and I think like something we were talking about in the and and I don't know this to be true. I'd have to kind of look it up, but I think it's it's one of the like first movies that I really remember where the soundtrack was so like anachronistic it was like modern music with historical stuff going on and that's been done a thousand times in a thousand different ways now but I don't really feel like it had been done as much at this point when this film came out and I also think too like uh well actually I looked up this trivia fact but um the the like director and the uh music guy whatever that's called um like wanted people to have the feeling of like how people in the renaissance felt listening to their music Mm -hmm. so that's why he put modern music in it because we often just think that that's like stuffy and not fun but like they were going hard with those like reels and things like like that was like their music of the day that they really enjoyed and like liked to listen to and Mm -hmm. so that's why they use like modern music yeah well, that soundtrack was the talk of the town when it yeah, came out. Like, yeah. That was like cutting edge. People had never seen anything like it. Again, mm-hmm. this was still before 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Pre-9-11. Like, it's a pre-9-11 what a world. Um, <laughs> what a time to be alive. Just barely. It's like A Knight's Tale and Shrek, the movies that snuck in right at the end of God, the pre-9-11 did they cause times. terrorism? They Maybe. certainly didn't prevent it. I'll yeah, tell you that much. God. They... 9-11 happened the same year they were released. They're Damn. horribly ineffective counterterrorism measures. That is true. <laughs> Gotta say that. Um, but I remember, like, people had never, ever... Like, I'm, people... I'm sure this has been done before, but, like, the general American popcorn audience, you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. Ha- hadn't seen something like this. Yeah. Um, and people didn't really know what to make of it. Like, I remember my friend telling me, he'd be like, oh, what you've got to understand is, like, when they're jousting... It's just like a crazy universe where like all this crazy stuff is happening. Yeah. Um, and I watched it this time with that in mind. I was like, no, it's not. It's yeah, just, it's just like a normal historical movie. Yeah. Like, and it's it's stuff that the, the characters can't hear. I think it's because they're doing the. Yeah. With with We Will Rock You at uh-huh. the beginning. It made me think that they could hear it when I was a kid. No, they can. Like that that song is like, that's why like the, the trumpeters like. Yeah, but they can't hear Freddie Mercury singing We Will Rock You. They're hearing people playing We Will Rock You. Oh, there. yes, yes, yes. Right. Yeah. They're, uh-huh. they're, they're, in the story, they happen to be hearing a song that also goes... Mm-hmm. And they're doing that on beat with Queen's We Will Rock You. Yeah, but, like, it is still that song. It just doesn't have lyrics. Because, like, the trumpets are playing. Yes, We're saying the this same thing. This is exactly what I'm saying. Okay, yes, okay, are, yeah, okay. We understand each other, yes. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Um, it, like, it confused people. Yeah. Um, I remember... Well, because it seems like it should be soundtrack dissonance, but it's not. No, yeah. It's soundtrack matching. It's just, yes. it's just using an acronym, uh-huh. right? Like, all that goes to say... I remember the music being a lot cooler <laughs> when I watched this in 2001. Yeah. It seemed very punk rock to me. This is boomer music. Yeah. Like, we don't even call this dad rock anymore because dad rock is from, like, the 80s and 90s now. <laughs> yeah. 90s and 2000s, really. Um, there's a lot of, like, the boys this are was, back in town type uh-huh. songs, which Literally, I love that song. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. This is like, dad. This was dad rock when it came out. Like this dad was, rock in '01. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like was really cool. Like you know, I remember that being like a big selling point too. Like the music was really cool. Like um, I don't know, just a lot of stuff happened. Like they filmed in the Czech Republic, um, and. There's, like, just little nods to uh, other things that happened in that area. Like, Mark Addy, who is um, Roland, one of the characters. It, like, the first time that Chaucer gives his rousing speech and introduces our main character, Heath Ledger, none of the, like, I guess it just didn't get translated to the extras in Czech. And so 
none of them responded when they were supposed to be responding. And so when Mark Addy, like, cues them to be like, yeah, and then they all start cheering, like, that's legitimately happening because they just decided to keep it in because they liked how awkward it kind of was yeah. because no one had done that before. Yeah. But it really was, like, there, there were all these things that were happening, too, like, within the filming um, that I just think are, like, kind of fun and interesting and, yeah. like, even anachronisms within themselves that, like, make the movie better and more interesting. It's even supposed to be, like, like, they've set this in a time period where historically Jeffrey Chaucer went missing for a whole year. Like, there's no recorded knowledge of where he was and he did have a gambling problem Mm. um and so this movie is set in that like the lost year of jeffrey chaucer that like he was just hanging out with them Mm -hmm. i did not know that yeah that's really cool yeah so it's. i wondered why they met chaucer yeah i just thought it was just random silly like oh you know him Mm -hmm. no that was like okay that's really cool yeah well and like even like the people that he says that he's gonna eviscerate with like in his tales some of this is based off like some of these people show up in like the canterbury tales and stuff like that that's dope yeah so it's like based off of the canterbury tales they like finagle them into the story like quite well Mm -hmm. it it fits but yeah it's like there's i feel like they it isn't just like we wanted to do a historical picture and have it be fun it was like they did some good research in it and stuff too like even with the costuming and things like that like Mm -hmm. It's most of it's legit, but there's like modern modern pieces that bring it out as well. Dope. Yeah. Very dope. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, a Knight's Tale is kind of a trendsetter that doesn't get a lot of credit. Yeah. It's a it's because nine a... eleven happened. Oh shit. Like like legitimately, I think it would be a more well known movie if 9-11 <laughs> happened like two three months later like four months later or whatever another thing about 9-11 <laughs> can we change this podcast to being the conspiracy of 9-11 9-11 in the movies what do you mean change it i know well, i just mean we should change the name just finally make it official. just finally make it official because i i think that someone probably could do the data on this probably greg greg do this data work um, but to look at, like, go back through the podcast episodes, how many don't have a 9-11 reference, I think it's way, way fewer than the dues. Yeah. Well, you know, and this is something we were talking with a friend of the show, Willis, um, about earlier this week, because he's the guy who's been telling us to watch all these Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito movies. Um mm-hmm. That, like, something he loves about Twins and uh, Junior is that, like, they're upbeat and they're like sincerely upbeat movies Mm -hmm. um and that just that zeitgeist of like positivity and feeling good went away with 9-11 and i really feel like this is like one of the last holdouts that it's like a year later this movie wouldn't get made yeah right like literally four months later this movie wouldn't get made right like um I don't know. It's a it's it's a very like what's the word I'm looking for here? There's just this like there's this genuineness yes. into its simplicity. Like like it's earnest yeah. in a good way. Sincere. Yeah, it's, it's sincere. It's a sincere movie. Mm-hmm. Even like Junior is a sincere movie. Mm. It is. It is. It's not doing anything ironically. Yeah, I think it's like because of our area i don't know you but like because of my lens now the only way that that would get made is if it was like a spoof yeah so i i it it almost throws me off that it's not that it is so earnest i think that's like what's unsaid it's like uncanny valley a little bit like watching it last night Mm -hmm. was like it's weird a little bit uncanny valley and i need i think it, it needs to be less earnest and less sincere because it's not good yeah well the twins fucking ends with little richard singing a song about the magic oh of twins how magical <laughs> i twins forgot are. about that and yeah. it's not a bit it's he's not, not. He's no he wrote like, that song for like, the god movie. twins it's oh my magic gosh. and it, not in like a bud light commercial way yeah like yeah yeah twins. oh the the other thing that we we've been watching a lot of like media yeah but uh we've been watching a lot of like 80s music videos like 80s and 90s music videos yeah it's it's been really fun and i think that too is like 
like the music videos prime time of like people figuring out what they can and can't do with music videos and like how they can make that I don't know medium work for them in a different way than just like performing music on a stage Mm -hmm. it like gets to be a different thing um obviously we watched a bunch of Michael Jackson stuff which is just really fun and amazing um but yeah that's that's another one of our we're watching things you know 40 minutes into the episode (laughs) but on the note of 9-11 yeah yeah and sincerity let's bring it back well i actually did have something to bring it back to sorry sorry. something that i actually thought was a relevant talking point um so a comparable movie that came out very recently to this uh is dungeons and dragons honor among thieves ah yes Mm -hmm. um very similar just going for the same thing Mm -hmm. you know like um and dungeons and dragons is kind of apologizing for making a fantasy movie yeah like it's yeah. kind of like like hey we know it's for nerds just go with it you know like yeah, it's yeah. doing all these like nods to D players and all this like meta stuff and like kind of making fun of tropes of the genre a yeah. lot of the time yeah and like a knight's tale doesn't have any of that irony in it yeah it's none they're not sorry or embarrassed that they made a sincere fantasy movie. Yeah. We they don't see it anymore. everyone to see it. Yes. Yeah, I think that's like, you might have a few people that go to these more niche movies like now, or like niche, like mm-hmm. kind of uh, movies like, like Dun- and not that Dungeons and Dragons is like a niche movie, but it, it goes for and gives nods to that audience. Yeah. Versus like, and, and I think that's part of the selling point within it of like, okay, well, we need to, we need to give nods to the hardcores. We need to make sure that we're doing this for this audience versus like, yeah, A Knight's Tale is just like, this is going to be, everyone is going to like it mm-hmm. and every, you know, or they're not. Like it, it is yeah. for everyone and we're not changing any parts of it to be for, you know, like a nod to the jousters among us. Yeah. But they also stick to like historical at least some historical accuracy obviously it was not full joust but they tried to make it look as legit as possible well but like other than the soundtrack mm-hmm. and you know there's some moments of comedy there's, yeah. there's comedy in the movie like yeah. a character shits himself to death <laughs> yeah but for the most part it's actually a pretty generic fantasy story played straight mm-hmm. right like just played straight pretty generic yeah. And that's that's kind of how I feel about the D&D movie. I'm like, it's a generic fantasy movie, and that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, but, like, it's just not played straight. And I don't know if this is the intent, but the way it comes across to me, and not just in D&D, but in, like, most movies that get made now, um, it's like it's like it has this, this tone of, like, we're going to lose the audience if we take what we're doing too seriously. Yeah, everything has to be an apology for sincerity. Right, right. And, like... If it's sincere, then yeah, you have to apologize for being sincere versus just like, no, we, the expectation is that we're sincere. Now the expectation, and and I think that's just like, we're living in a time of like, I don't know, jadedness because we know that nothing really ethical is happening because it's all the overlords and the oligarchs that run everything. And so why why would we think that anything is like really other than like an art film Mm -hmm. like earnest and sincere and not just to line the pockets of the rich and that's what we get it's marvel or art films essentially you know like again Mm -hmm. part of the reason i'm not as harsh on junior as you are is just because like that's just a dead type of movie they'll never make movies like that again and yeah um, and they shouldn't (laughs) they shouldn't make junior they should make movies like a knight's tale because it's a good movie yeah Um, yeah but like it's just like like, when I watch a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie, not that we do Star Wars, because we don't do Star we Wars. We don't. Um, this podcast has one rule, damn it. Um, like, what something that consistently happens to me is I'll start to feel something, mm. and then a character will say a line that's, like, very quippy and jokey to break the tension. Because yeah. it's getting too serious, and what I feel like... I feel like the movie is making fun of me for caring. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, I feel like the movie is saying, like, 
idiots would get sad right now, but Chris Pratt's a cool guy that just laughs his way through everything. Yeah. I feel like it's making fun of me as an audience member for giving a shit about what's on the screen. Yeah. Marvel movies are that one patient in treatment. Sorry, this is going to be really like niche just to me. Vanessa works it's, at a rehab. For I work at a rehab. <laughs> um, but it's, it's that one person who like cannot handle silence and like emotional, yes. uh, emotional like moments. And so they have to throw out some, like, snarky comment or something yeah. to just, like, distract from the effect that people are having emotions. Yeah. There's no just sitting with it. Uh, I will say the only thing that, like, they actually sat with was, spoiler alert for Endgame, if you haven't seen it yet, then where the fuck have you been living? Don't spoil Endgame. Not on this podcast. Then never mind, because we don't do Marvel. Not so. on this podcast. Okay, fine. I'm like, but where, <laughs> where have you been if you haven't seen it? So That's probably fair. And honestly, I don't know, good good for you for avoiding stuff like that. If you've avoided spoilers for Endgame. It's kind of impressive, game, right? Honestly, you deserve an award. Um, I don't have one for you, but you deserve <laughs> one. But I, I kind of kept expecting stuff like that to happen in A Knight's Tale. Like, I yeah. expected them to kind of wink at me. You yeah, know, like, and, yeah. they, and they never did. Mm-hmm. They, they just didn't. They played it straight. It's certainly not an incredibly moving story, but it's a solid one. Yeah. And it's about... A peasant who becomes a knight and then falls in love right yeah. like that, mm-hmm. that's the story right yeah. um he gets back with his dad like he he had to leave his dad when he was a small child um to like make money and try to get a better life because they lived in london and were very poor and you know in poverty uh and no like way to get out of that cycle mm-hmm. and so he sent him off to the continent to be a, a squire mm-hmm so we've 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 been pretty positive on a Knight's Tale. Um, do you have any critiques? Anything you think could have been better? Um, I mean, yeah. Like I, I think, I think the story is kind of simple, and and honestly, I think it actually like helps with that. Uh, but I don't know. I I really don't have that many critiques. Tbh, yeah. like it. I don't think it's like a perfect movie by any means, but I, I think. Honestly, like, some of the critiques that, like, I could have would be more from, like, my perspective now and what gets made now and what's popular in this time period. So, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I I don't really, I don't really feel like it's, I I think it's very rooted in its time and it's kind of, like, a, a good example of what films and people were wanting to see and, like, that positivity and stuff like that, like, in that time period. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you have any critiques and things like that i feel like you're more um one is that it's capitalist propaganda or really conservative propaganda sure yeah Um, subtly so Mm -hmm. it's not intense uh but it is very much a movie that like seems to be affirming of like royalty and monarchy and like and also a lot of a lot of bootstraps type messages if you really want to look into what the movie's saying yes i don't think it hits you on the head with it you know but i do think there's a conservative tone to it yeah. Um, I, I will say his insistence on being like, I am a knight. Yeah. It's like, well, no, no, you're not. You're, you're like legitimately not a knight. Like yeah. in any way, shape or form, you can follow the knightly code, but like, you're not a knight. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of just deluding yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. My only other critique, and this is not like something that was wrong with the movie, just something that I felt could be better. Sure. And honestly, this is more of a hindsight thing than anything. Cause we definitely didn't know what we know now at yeah. this point um i don't think the script gave heath ledger a lot to work with sure um and i get like he was still very much like a a, a teenage heartthrob yeah. at this time like the dark knight hadn't happened nope. we didn't think of heath like this was kind of a more dramatic role for heath ledger than yeah what he'd heath been ledger doing. was doing like uh like what's what's that like uh, 10 things i hate yeah. about you and stuff like that like, yeah yeah so this was actually him showing off his chops a little bit <laughs> yeah for the time for the progression of his career but uh-huh. like obviously knowing what we know after seeing the dark knight um, yeah and i'm told brokeback mountain's really good i haven't seen it um but like yeah it's just kind of like weird to see heath ledger in this like kind of just I don't want to call it a nothing role, but he's a very much a like Johnny protagonist. Yeah, you know, like he's our straight like the other characters. Like he he is our straight man to the other characters. Mm-hmm. Like his his group of ragtag companions are like 
objectively more interesting than him. He's just our main character. And and, exactly. and he's great at it. But, like, you're right. We, we don't need him to be, like, silly like Watt. We don't need him to, you know, like, be constantly talking about stuff like Chaucer is. Like, we, we right. don't need that from him. We need him to play our straight, like, just one multi-note but yeah. like basically one two note kind of guy yeah it's just weird because like he died so young so yeah. there's and he's very beloved right yeah. um it just shows me like how we'd only really scratch the surface of what Heath Ledger could really do yeah before we lost him you know For like sure. that For sure. there's not a lot of Heath Ledger roles out there like mm-hmm. he didn't do a he didn't get to do a lot before he died yeah. um and it's just weird that it's like, yeah, this is one of his projects. Mm-hmm. This, like, crazy art. You know, like, one mm-hmm. of the most method, famously method guys, right? Like, yeah. that he's just out here making a knight's tale. Um, mm-hmm. But he's good in it. He does a good job. It's just, yeah. like, it's just in hindsight, I know Heath Ledger is capable of so much more. I'm, oh, yeah. I might have cast him as Chaucer in hindsight, honestly. Yeah. Um. Not that there was anything wrong with the Chaucer casting. It's just like... Yeah, Paul Bettany was great yeah. in that. No, it was fantastic. Great, yeah. great performance. I just Speaking think that... Speaking of Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that role is more suited to Heath Ledger than uh, than William was. Yeah, I, I, I definitely could see that. But, like, yeah, at the time, I don't think that... I don't even know that he knew that he... Right? Like, I mean, obviously, I don't know him, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know him, didn't know any of that. But, like, just starting in my own life... I feel like I've I've had to play roles like that that aren't actually like fitting for me, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that and needed to play some of the roles that I played in my life to mm-hmm. like get to where I am now and the roles that I'll play later as well. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, I feel like I've said what I have to say about a Knight's Tale. What about you? Me too. Yeah. Cool. Um, what's your what's your rating for this movie? Um, I think that I would give it. Um, I'll give it a a seven and a half lances out of ten, my lord. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, similar rating for me. It's a thirty-nine out of fifty. Um, basically, what a thirty-nine says from me is like, this is the best a movie could possibly be without having a broader appeal outside its genre. Yeah. You know, like this mm-hmm. is about as good as a fantasy movie's gonna get for me. You keep without... saying that it's fantasy, but I don't really think it's fantasy. Like, it's just... It's, it's fantasy. It's, it's like historical comedy. Like, dramedy kind of thing. I'd call it low fantasy. Sure, okay. I, I could see that, yeah. But I, I do think you have a point. It's, there's, like, it's... no actual fantastical elements in it's, it. It's more medieval than fantasy. Yes. You're right. You're yeah. 100% right. But I would still put it in the... In the similar category. I, I feel like it's more in the fantasy genre than it is in the historical fiction genre. Yeah, okay. Um, but I, I do think you're right. Um, what was I saying? This is about as good as this type of movie could get without being Lord of the Rings. Yeah. For me. Um, mm-hmm. It's either going to be like awesome, everyone should watch it even if they're not into this thing, or mm-hmm. it's going to be about a Knight's Tale tier or worse. Yeah. You know, like yeah. this is kind of the the pinnacle yeah. of four genre fans. Yeah, and, and I think it has like enough of that broad appeal that even if you don't like this genre you're still gonna like the movie but it's not mm. doing anything to elevate the genre totally yeah. and source i don't like this genre but i like the movie yeah I'm, this is just not my thing i don't have anything like against the genre it's mm-hmm. just yeah uh, it's just usually not your cup of tea it doesn't capture my imagination mm-hmm. nights and all that stuff it's just not yeah. not what my mind get latches onto you know sure. like um cool well Bye. Usually we would Just have <laughs> we would have gimmicks. Um, I don't remember any lines, and we didn't agree on a gimmick. Do yeah. you remember any lines? Um, no, not not really particularly. I mean, like I I know some lines in this movie. Uh, I think one one of my like favorite parts is when they're learning to dance, and they just keep like making fun of Watt, um, and he keeps punching Chaucer. <laughs> like progressively getting more and more angry, and that's like his shtick is that he just like can't can't handle his emotions oh yeah that was so, great yeah yeah what doesn't dance he punches like a what a girl <laughs> <laughs> that's a good favorite line yeah i'll make it mine too okay i remember that well um next week greg will be back and we'll be continuing our series movies for when you've got a craving for korean cinema with my pick bong joon ho's memories of murder mm, that's um, a great film have you seen it I think we watched it together. No, it's on our list, but we never watched it. Oh, uh, never mind. You have might no be idea. Of, of another Bong Joon. We've watched a lot of Bong Joon Ho. We have. Um, 
So, yeah, we're going to do that next week. Vanessa will probably end up watching that with probably. me next week. Probably. So. I will probably like it. Yeah. Uh, everyone says it's really good. Preemptively I'm sure we'll like saying, it. I liked it, would watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we'll be doing. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook and Twitter. Greg still tweets. Like us on Instagram. Uh, subscribe. So like, share, subscribe. Um, um, next week we're doing a box unopening or an unboxing video. Um, and it's going to be really cool because I'm going to show you how to undo all of the tape without ruining the box edges. Stay tuned guys. We should absolutely start doing movie trading film <laughs> unboxings where we're just unboxing used DVDs and yes. showing the disc inside. Wow. Look at this disc. This it's one's got shiny. a couple scratches. <laughs> if you go like this and you move it, it has iridescence. <laughs> You can make a rainbow on the sky. I was just saying, it's been a while since we hit up Movie Trading Co. Maybe yeah. maybe this is the ancillary content this this podcast needs. Maybe. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. Let's go to Movie Trading Co. On that note, deuces. Well, Greg usually tees me up for a catchphrase right about here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Denny, what time is it? <laughs> catchphrase time. Catchphrase time. <laughs> Why can't I remember our catchphrase? I'll do it. No, I'm going to do it. Give me a second. What's my cage again? Nope. Close. That's the end. That's, that's how we end that's, it. That's how we end it. This has been Movies for what? Dude, close. You're missing the beginning. Oh. I don't know. You do it. Well, this week, I am not speaking for Greg Work the Leg Work Johnson. However, on his behalf, I am. Uh... For Greg Work, the legwork Johnson, and for Vanessa, the producer and savior of the show, Taylor. And quite forgetful, Vanessa Taylor. Hey, the show where we forget our own gimmicks. Yep. I'm sure I forgot several this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm Denny, the forgetful talent, Taylor, and this has been Movies for When. We already told you when. Yeah. But you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? I'm a policeman. See my badge?
Stay.